Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story this week. Tickets for Grand Gathering 3 are on sale right now as I'm recording this. Tickets went on sale Sunday, October 16th, starting at noon Eastern Time. And as far as I know, they'll go on sale until I believe the spots sell out. It's a high number of spots available to go, but it is not unlimited. There is a cap. So if you're interested in going to Grand Gathering 3, I would recommend buying your tickets sooner rather than later. The ticket price is $100. $100 gets you entry into the event. It gets you entry into five particular gaming events. One of those will be the Grand Battle. The Grand Battle, for those of you who have not played in Grand Battle, it is SRG Universe's Super Show the Games version of a battle royal like the Royal Rumble the WWE puts on annually. It's a version of that type of match. There have only ever been a few Grand Battles. I was in the one at the original Grand Gathering. I've seen a couple here and there, but it's not a match type you see very often. The rules are on the SRG Super Show Discussion Group on Facebook. I saw Chris Bajillo recently repost the rules. I won't go into the rules in depth, but quickly, cards with over the top in the name are also finished cards in the Grand Battle stipulation type. That's one of the five events you'll get. There are going to be sign-up promos. There are going to be sign-up foils. There are going to be various prize cards. The sign-up promos, the sign-up foils will be exclusive to the Grand Gathering. That's all we know about Grand Gathering so far. There are going to be those five events included in your ticket price. Now, there will be payoff pack and other type draft events from what I'm hearing. Those will not be free. You will have to pay for the payoff pack more than likely. Those are not included in your ticket price. Tickets, again, $100 on sale now. Supershowthegame.com. I did not see an entry when I looked in, like, events or new. I had to use the search. I just put in the word grand and hit search. The first thing that comes up is Grand Gathering 3. I haven't mentioned this yet, but I'll mention it now. Grand Gathering 3 is taking place in the Cleveland, Ohio metropolitan area, March 17th through 19th. Additionally, we now know the location of the Grand Gathering. It's going to be at the Double Tree Hotel in Westlake, Ohio. That's why I said metropolitan area. It's not specifically Cleveland. It's Westlake, Ohio. This, I believe, was the same location as Marktoberfest 3. That hotel is hosting Grand Gathering 3. So the Doubletree Hotel, Westlake, Ohio, is the location. There is a hotel block. There are hotel rooms at a rate for the Grand Gathering. When you go to supershowthegame.com, 
the same place you buy the ticket, there is a link you can click to go to, I believe it's Hilton's website, to buy tickets for the hotel. Where it is, I believe most of the hotel rooms, the rate is $109 a night. That's the group rate. Last I looked, there are limited bookings left from what I understand. I saw it posted in the discussion group on Facebook that the bookings were sold out, that the rooms in the room block were sold out. I went to the website. I looked. This was a while ago, so this information may not be up to date by the time you listen to this. But I tried you know, looking for four days from the 16th through the 19th. Couldn't find any. Three days, couldn't find any. I finally saw, I think, a two-day availability if you booked for the 17th, and then one-day availability for all four days. That's where I saw the bookings were last. Now, there are hotels nearby, so if for some reason the Doubletree sells out, there are still rooms you can get outside of that venue at nearby hotels. So don't let the hotel being sold out fool you. You can book at hotels nearby. I've already heard of some people doing that. So that's out there as an option. Still check out the block if you want to. But, you know, if that block is sold out, if you can't get into the Doubletree, there are other hotels you can book. And you can just drive or walk there every day. I don't know how late they have the space available. I remember at Marktoberfest 3, I believe the space they booked from Marktoberfest 3 was open till I want to say around 3 in the morning, definitely past midnight. So I can see that happening at the Grand Gathering, Grand Gathering 3. But that's where we are, Grand Gathering 3, March 17th through March 19th. Doubletree Hotel, Westlake, Ohio. Tickets are on sale now. Next story. We had two big live events this weekend. The first, Marktoberfest 4. Marktoberfest 4, Recess Games, North Olmsted, Ohio. 48 players showed up to play in the main Create a Competitor tournament. There were six Swiss rounds in this tournament. Afterwards, they cut to a top 16. I believe you had to be 4-2 and two to make the top cut. Anyone with a record that was three wins or less did not make the top cut. I believe there was one playoff for the last spot in the top 16. But they had pretty much a clean cut to a top 16. There were seven possible stipulations that could have been in the round of 16. One of those stipulations, Lumberjack, was eliminated due to time. So, there was a random, basically, wheel on a computer program. The stipulations that were listed on that wheel as possible stipulations were Ring of Fire, Psycho Circus, Steel Chain, Steel Cage, Liger's Den, and Tables. So, for the round of 16, they spin the wheel. The stipulation chosen for the first round in the top cut Ring of Fire. Top eight. They take Ring of Fire off the wheel, spin it again. Stipulation in the top eight. Steel Chain. Top four, semifinal round. Take Steel Chain off the wheel, spin it again. Stipulation in the top four. Psycho Circus. Our top four in this tournament were 
in the first matchup in the top four, the director of operations as the man from IT versus Brad Iyer as numero uno, and Kirk Polka as Mr. C versus James Booker as Amazing Red. This means that we had first three players from the Cleveland area in the top four of their own CCC. So Rust Belt showing off their strength, taking three of the top four slots in the 48-player Creative Competitor Tournaments. Both of these matches only go to Crowd Minor Zero. In the first match, the first finalist ends up being Brad Iyer with Numero Uno. The other finals matchup, Kirk Polka versus James Booker, featured two three-time Creative Competitor Tournament winners. So, no matter who won, we had the potential to see a four-time Create a Competitor tournament winner come out of this event. The winner in that second matchup, Kirk Polka. So, Kirk Polka as Mr. C versus Brad Iyer as Numero Uno in a main event match. This match ends up going to Crowd Meter 1. At Crowd Meter 1, Kirk Polka playing as Mr. C plays his finished submission 52,000 card pickup. Brad Iyer stops it. When Brad Iyer stops it, this finish has if stopped text on it. The if stopped text on the finish is if stopped, bury or discard any number of cards from your hand and to draw the same number of cards. Now, when this finish was played, Kirk Polka had no cards in his deck. So he discarded his entire hand, meaning he had no cards in deck, no cards in hand. Now, while many of the stipulations in this game will not allow you to win via countout or win via disqualification, main event does. So, Kirk Polka, with no cards in deck and no cards in hand, if he wins the next turn roll, he wins the game via countout. On the flip side, his opponent, Brad Iyer, had a finish in his hand. So, if Brad Iyer wins the turn roll, he can play a finish. Kirk Polk would have no way to stop it. And then potentially, Brad Iyer could have won. Now, at crowd meter one in a main event stipulation match, there are no bonuses to finish rolls. So, if Brad Iyer hits a finish at crowd meter one, the finish roll would only be the value of his skills printed plus whatever cards he had in play to boost his skills or boost his finish roll. I don't think he was playing any cards that boosted his finish roll. So if his finish hit, unless it gave one of his skills a stat over 10, Kirk Polka would have been able to roll a 10 and break out of anything Brad Iyer would play. First turn roll after Kirk Polka has no cards in hand, no cards in deck. Brad Iyer wins. But Kirk Polka having no cards in hand and Brad Iyer having more than four cards in his hand. Kirk Polka uses Taunt's opponent to end Brad Iyer's turn, giving him a shot, a second shot to potentially win. The next turn roll happens. Kirk Polka wins the turn roll and Kirk Polka wins his fourth Creative Competitor Tournament wins Marktoberfest 4 via Countout. 
This, to me, was a great play, a very smart play. I spoke with Curve Polka a little bit after this match. I actually don't think it was as risky as he thought it was. Had two shots to win a turn roll and Brad Iyer not having a kill shot on a finish, I don't think that move was too risky. It does pay off for Kirk Polka. He does win his fourth. There's been no announcement made as to who he's going to make with this fourth Creative Competitor Tournament win. In addition to this, there were four featured matches I want to talk about. Three major LFF championships and one regional championship were on the line at Mark Tower Fest. The first, opening the festivities before the main tournament even happened, Kirk Polka walked in as the trio's champion with the My Girls trio, and he faced off against Brian Waitfort Schmidt, playing as his own competitor, the Brain Trust. This match ends up going to crowd meter one. Very good match. I feel like Kirk Polka was in control for most of the match, but in the end, Brian Waitfort Schmidt pulls it out, and he becomes the new LFF Trios champion. Following that, there's a match for the Underworld Championship going into Marktoberfest. Kirk Polka held both the Underworld and the Trios. He already lost the first one. So Kirk Polka, the champion with Scarlet Graves, takes on challenger John Mathis of Buckeye Championship Wrestling, playing as the Ikuzo version of Bell. This match ends up going to crowd meter zero. The winner, I believe based off of Bell's gimmick, ends up being John Mathis. John Mathis becomes the new LFF Underworld Champion. Congratulations to him for defeating one of the storied champions in Super Show the Game, Kirk Polka. John Mathis defeating the Director of Operations, Dave Marisak, a week ago today to get the shot capitalizes on it. He is the new champion. Those matches, I believe, happened before the tournament started. After the cut, we end up having, while the top 16 is going on, the Midwest Coast Championship match, the champion going in, having won at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3 about a month prior. Sherry Von Danish playing as herself, the challenger. Funtime Bob playing as Funtime Bob. In a standard singles match that goes to crowd meter one, the winner, new champion, Funtime Bob. Funtime Bob, the Midwest Coast champion. The final match of the night, happening after the entire tournament is over, James Booker as Macho Manny takes on Big Match Pete as the original Colt Cabana. This also was a standard singles match. It went to crowd meter one. This match felt like a good back-and-forth match. Big Match Pete hit the first finish at crowd meter zero. Rolls an 11. James Booker had used the LFF World Heavyweight Championship entrance card to give him a plus two to his nine skill, so he had a 10 and 11. Either one would work to break him out at crowd meter zero. He rolls the 11, so he breaks out. It goes on to crowd meter one. Big match Pete once again ends up being the first one to successfully play a finish at crowd meter one. James Booker, three chances to break out, is unable to do so. The winner and new 
LFF World Heavyweight Champion, a big match, Pete. Congratulations to big match, Pete. Also, a very big event for higher class. We have two new higher class champions coming out of this big match, Pete, and Fun Time Bob. We also had no champions retained at Marktoberfest 4. Everyone who walked in as champion walked out without the belt. All new champions at Marktoberfest 4. That was Marktoberfest 4. The next day, there was a Marktoberfest backlash event. Not nearly as many players as in the original event. They only had 10 players. I believe they ended up having four Swiss rounds. Afterwards, they cut to a top four. The finalists end up being the cannoli Anthony Perry and the headband champion Matt Nealon with Matt Nealon winning the after event, the Marktoberfest backlash event. So congratulations to Matt Nealon for winning that event. The other big event from this weekend was ArmorCon located in Marlboro, Massachusetts. That was a three-day convention running from October 14th through October 16th. I don't have a ton of information on that. Let me give you what I have. The first thing that I have for ArmorCon is a cosmic draft from Friday. This was a round-robin event. Six players in the event, five matches in total. The winner of the event ends up being Bam Bam Sam with Zonda. Second and third place, we have Molly. I'm not sure who Molly is. As Neptune could be Empress. Again, just not familiar with her. And Jason Farson as Black Scorpion X in third place. That's what I have for the first ArmorCon event. The next ArmorCon event that I have is a singles event, also from Friday. Seven players in this event, three rounds, Swiss rounds. It looks like coming out of the Swiss rounds, the winner at 3-0, the Dread Pirate tech support Simon Strauss, playing as Spite, somebody named Aaron playing as the Ikuzo version of Sekmet, and the same Molly from the previous event playing as El Super Ombre. Now, I don't have any information about top cuts for these. All I have from what I'm seeing is preliminaries. So, if there were no top cuts, the results I gave you are the final results. If there did end up being top cuts, I just don't know about them. I would be shocked if there were top cuts because most of these events are six players, seven players. I think the biggest event I've seen from ArmorCon had about a dozen players. Anyway, this was the Friday singles event. That brings us to Saturday. The first event I have from Saturday is a four player mini tournament. This was. Looks like a round-robin event. Again, everybody plays everybody else. That's what I am seeing of these four players. The player coming out at 3-0 ends up being Ace as Ra Ra Perry. 
Second place at 2-1. and one. Franklin, I'm not sure if this is the turtle, Franklin Clark, as the Ikuzo version of Sage. And Jason, I'm going to guess this is Jason Frasone, as the dweeb, with a player named Will as El Scorpio. Again, I don't know who Will is. I'm just going off partial information. This is all I have. That's the first Saturday event. The final Saturday event that I have is an ArmorCon payoff pack draft. Twelve players in this. From what I'm seeing, there were five rounds of Swiss. And then again, I have no information about a top cut or not. I can tell you after the Swiss, in first place, going 4-1, and one, Ace Januario. I'm going to guess it's the same Ace from previously. I also can see here there's a Will Duff. I'm going to guess that was the Will from the last event. And I'm not seeing Molly, but I'm seeing the Empress. I'm going to guess Molly's the Empress. Second place, also going 4-1. The Dread Pirate Tech Support, Simon Strauss. And third place, also going 4-1, Bam Bam Sam. Now, again, no information on a top cut. So if they end up going to a top cut here, I'm sorry. I just don't have that. This is what I have. But 12-player payoff pack draft Saturday. The final tournament, Sunday. This was a 7-player Armacon Cage Apocalypse. Every player in the event played as Brian Cage. I believe the newest version of Brian Cage. Three rounds of Swiss. Again, no idea if there's a top cut, but coming out of Swiss, in first place, Screaming Danchi. In second place, Le Penguin. And in third place, the Empress. Again, all playing as the newest version of Brian Cage. That is it for Armacon. Those are all of the events I know about. If there were top cuts, I'm sorry I could not give them to you. This is all that I have for Armacon. I will also touch on this briefly. The one new release that we're aware of from Armacon was an Armacon exclusive competitor, Gareth, based on the mascot for Armacon, Gareth the Lion. And the competitor might actually be called Lord Gareth. I may have gotten that name wrong. There was a very limited amount of these printed. I don't know how many. From what I understand, these may not go on the website. The only way you may get them is either you were there or somebody there got one for you. And I don't know how many extras are going to be floating around. I'm very surprised they did this. They made such a limited run. I don't know what's going to come of it. But if you happen to see one of these go on sale on the website, a Gareth go on sale on the website, from what I understand, buy that because there's going to be a very limited opportunity to get those. I did see Simon Strauss, who's going to be hosting a campaign for the Extra Life charity in a couple weeks. He got his hands on one of those, and he decided to auction that off for charity. Last I looked into the auction, the bids were over $100. They might be even higher now. That's what I know about Lord Gareth and his competitor sets. And that 
is all the information I have on ArmorCon. I apologize if I missed information. I would say if you're interested in knowing more about ArmorCon, tune in to Talk of the Universe this Wednesday, October 19th, to find out about ArmorCon, to find out more information. This, however, is all I have to give you. Also, since I brought up Talk of the Universe October 19th, as far as I know, the CCC final match, which was scheduled to be judged on October 19th, is not happening on October 19th. Unfortunately, there are issues behind the scenes that are going to cause this to be pushed further into the future. So it might not be until October 26th that the finals close. I could be wrong on this because information is changing constantly. But as of right now, from what I understand, the finals match will not be October 19th. Also, from what I understand, having spoken to Pat Mulligan, understanding going off the operation that there will be no finals match on the 19th, it'll be at least the 26th. The entrance date, the date to submit a competitor for the 2022 Creative Competitor Competition, will not be. October 31st. Halloween will not be the deadline this year. I don't know what the deadline is going to be. We'll just have to wait and see. First, the 2021 CCC has to end before the 2022 CCC can begin. All I'm hoping for is once they get the 2022 CCC entries closed, the tournament starts in 2022. We don't need to have the 2022 CCC fully going on in 2023. We actually don't need to have the 2021 CCC continuing to be delayed. I don't understand why there are delays at this point. I am somewhat continually baffled at how this contest continues to get stretched out and delayed. This doesn't seem like this should be this difficult. But somehow, it feels like this is the most difficult creative competitor competition I've ever been in. It's also insane considering this is the smallest field I've seen in the four years I've been covering it. So I don't understand what all the holdups are in this overall. I understand some particular things here and there happening, but overall, and I'm hoping this is the case for next year, they really do a good job of tightening this up. The CCC should not take over a full calendar year to complete, from registration to finals. Again, I've made this criticism in the past. I'll make it again here. Something being long does not make it intrinsically good. Things that take a long time can be good, but being long in and of itself does not automatically equal quality. So I would actually favor shortening up the CCC and making it better. The most common answer I get, and this is going into round four, up to round four, the most common answer I get when I'm asking people, hey, would you mind supporting 
this particular candidate in the CCC? The most common answer I get is, the CCC still going on? It's still happening? It's not over? That's not good. If you're trying to have a contest last for close to a year, and people don't even remember it's going on, they assume it's done, then clearly being long isn't in and of itself good. More people forget or assume it's over than recognize it's still going on and are following it. That's what I have to say about the CCC right now, though. Again, as always, I respect Pat Mulligan and the people working on it behind the scenes. That doesn't mean I don't have some things I wish would change. I can still be critical. I can still make suggestions and still respect the effort that Pat Mulligan and everyone puts in to do to put on the 2021 and all of the creative competitor competitions. I will give you more news on the 2021 CCC when I have it. Right now, it is, from what I understand, delayed effectively indefinitely because nobody can give me a date for when it will actually happen. Just that it's not going to happen on the 19th like we originally thought. That's pretty much going to do it for the major news of this week. A couple things I want to touch on before I go into the online tournaments from this past week. First, since I mentioned this earlier, charity event, the Dread Pirates Extra Life Spectacular, going to be taking place October 29th. That is two Saturdays from the time I'm recording this. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. All of the details are listed on supershowthegame.com under online events. So if you're interested in signing up for that, check it out there. It is a singles tournament. There will be donations taken, encouraged, and donating can be an aspect of the tournament. I gave all the details on last week's episode. Check out that episode, episode 231, or supershowthegame.com for more details about Simon Strauss and his Dread Pirate Extra Life Spectacular. That's the first bit of news. Second bit of news. With the end of Marktoberfest 4 and Armacon, the next big in-person play event, November 5th, Alpharetta, Georgia, at the Final Dimension Games, enter the Final Dimension. There's been an announcement. There will be two professional wrestlers as guests at this event. The Heathen, Cruel, and Brooklyn. From what I understand, the Heathen, Cruel featured on Major League Wrestling. Both of those competitors, part of the local, I want to say it's Southern Honor Wrestling, is the promotion down there that they wrestle for. But they will be appearing at TFD Games for Enter the Final Dimension November 5th. There's also going to be, and this was just announced, a tournament for the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championship contender spot. The Cheetah has announced that signups are open until Friday, October 28th, so just under two weeks from now. So if you live in the LFF Tri-State area, that's New England, New York, New Jersey, the eastern half of Pennsylvania, those states, if you live in there, you're eligible for the tournament. The following competitors are booked. Big Bad Bobby D, 
Kenta, Wrench Monkey, and King Bjorn. This represents the competitors used by the current champions and the competitors used by the immediate next contenders. In addition, every team that signs up will get the chance to name a competitor to be banned in the tournament. So, for example, if you're going to be in a tag team, you don't want to play against Snake Pit, you can make Snake Pit banned and nobody can play Snake Pit. Once the ban phase happens, every team will be given a random number, and that number will represent their pick order in a draft to draft their team's competitors. Again, you have until October 28th to sign up. They will put up the tournament bracket on Halloween. So you will find out Halloween, that's a Monday this year, October 31st, who you'll be playing, and then you'll be eligible to start playing your matches the next day, Tuesday, November 1st. That is currently where everything stands for the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Tournaments. And I should have mentioned this earlier. I didn't think about it because it's been so long. Monday night was the draft for Faction Wars 4. There was great coverage of it on Talk of the Universe last Wednesday. They went through all of the teams, all the draft picks, gave their general thoughts. I don't really feel a need to do that. A lot of people, I can tell you, praised my draft. Very surprised to hear that, but I'm glad everyone liked what I did, at least those who expressed that they liked it. It ended up being a much freer process, I can tell you, as a captain, I was very nervous drafting. It wasn't as bad as I thought. The draft pretty much ran smoothly. There were three people who accidentally made a mispick, picked a competitor that was ineligible, and so I had to pick at the end once everything was completed. As far as running the draft, though, everything ran smoothly. No hiccups for, you know, putting the picks in, getting the picks in on time, getting the picks streamed. The stream was great. I really enjoyed that broadcast. And we'll just have to see what happens next up for Faction Wars teams. I know they have to send their entrance cards and their spectacle type. Who's playing what at some point in the future? That's probably the next step going into round zero. I'll give you more information on Faction Wars 4 when it happens, but the draft went well. I don't know if I'll do a draft analysis show this year like I've done in years past. I don't know that there were really terrible drafts this year or great drafts. I feel like the body of competitors has really gotten over the last number of years, has really gotten great to where there aren't really a lot of lemons that are going to get picked. Everyone that gets picked is going to be pretty much good. Even some of the competitors that might you know, be graded low will still be effective. One of the great things about this game is there really aren't any dog competitors. I would say you have from S tier to maybe C tier. There really isn't anybody worse than that. This is really a well-balanced game. Some guys are really good. But even sort of the terrible competitors can win. I can tell you that, and when I say terrible, that's relative. Mr. C just won a creative competitor tournament. Nobody had Mr. C on their radar. But a gimmick that lets you draw and bury when you roll 
your five and six is going to help you cycle through your deck a lot. And having that finish that can get you a count out victory under certain circumstances. I mean, there's a reason Kirk Polka took that. That's a competitor that nobody would have on an S tier or A tier list. It just won one of the biggest tournaments that'll happen this year in Super Show the Geek. That's the draft. While the draft was going on, there ended up being a pop-up event, same time as the draft. So if you weren't involved in watching the draft, you could participate in this event. It was hosted by John Mathis, the now LFF Underworld Champion. There are only four players that's including him. So it ended up just being a single elimination tournament. The uh, top four were in fourth place. John Mathis as unique in third place. Simon Strauss, I believe, as Brett the Metalhead in second place. Cheshire as one of the new Marauders of the Multiverse, Shui. And Sherry Von Danish winning playing as Dan Housen. That was Monday night. Thursday, John Polverino comes back to once again host the Press 1P Invitational on Thursday night. There were 24 players in this tournament, four groups, six players per group, top two from each group advanced, so there's a cut to a top eight. From what I understand, the top eight all of the players played Liger's Den matches. In the top four, all of the players played in tables, ladders, and chain matches, TLC. And then the finals was main event. I do not know if there was a third place match. The top four were tied for fourth. Mark Perry as the alien invader. Perhaps the new alien invader does not say. And Colin the Simon is Colin the Chrononaut. The finalists were Candyman Dan as the Pulverizer and Danny Thunder as the Mercenator, with Danny Thunder winning as the Mercenator. This event went late into Thursday night, early into Friday morning, ended up concluding, from what I understand, around 3 a.m., one of the latest Thursday night tournaments ever. But the Grump once again wins on a Thursday night. Congratulations to the Grump. I missed this earlier. There was a pop-up on Sunday after I put out the show. Six players, three groups of three. Each player in the group ended up making the top cut. All six went to a top cut. It looks like we had triad matches in the semifinals. And then the winner ends up being, out of all of this, the Nightmare King or the Dark Prince as Danny Limelight. So congratulations to him for winning the Sunday pop-up. And then the final online event from this week is a Friday pop-up event hosted by the Italian Bombata. I don't have a ton of information about the Friday pop-up event, but the top three were, in third place, Mr. Moneymaker as Giadilis Muertos. So it's been a long time since I've seen Mr. Moneymaker, so happy to see him here playing one of his favorites, Gio de los Muertos. In second place, Hold the Line Harry as Derek Neal from the New South Wrestling box set. And the winner, future LFF championship contender and 
Crime Wave member, the GOAT Brock Smith, as the bad boy, Joey Janela. Congratulations to him for his victory. That is all of the tournament results. Now, there is nothing currently posted to supershowthegame.com about tournaments for this upcoming week. Those should not drop until tomorrow night. But, in addition to a Thursday night event being likely, and Dojo as always, twitch.tv slash srguniverse Tuesday nights, the Monday night tournament is going to have championship implications. It's going to be a six-stop tournament, meaning you can only run six stop cards in your deck. The top four in this tournament will end up being in a gauntlet match along with other contenders for the Deep Six Championship. The current champion, the Judge Tim Riley, will essentially face the contenders one after one. If he wins, he goes on to the next contender. If he wins all the matches, he remains champion. If he loses, that winner becomes a champion, but takes his place in the gauntlet and continues running the gauntlet all the way through. Every time the champion would lose, a new champion is crowned, and that champion will continue on to the gauntlet. Whoever is the champion at the end of the gauntlet will be the current Deep Six champion, will be the Deep Six champion after the gauntlet. This is going to be a crazy format. We could see the Judge Tim Riley run the whole thing and remain Deep Six champion. We could see every single participant in the gauntlet become Deep Six champion in one event. It's a crazy range of possibilities. If you want to be in on that, sign up for the Monday night event. Get yourself a spot if you make the top four in the gauntlet. And I've had some information come in as I'm wrapping this up. One of the two hosts at ArmorCon, Jason Forson, reached out to me. The other host, the Penguin. I did not mention that earlier. I do believe they had a match to see who was the best host. And Jason Forson won. So congratulations to him. He reached out to me to give me some additional information. I want to make a couple of corrections. Pretty much everything I gave you was correct. So confirmation on most of that. The people that I thought were somebody, were that somebody, Molly was the Empress. Franklin was Franklin Clark, the turtle. So I have official confirmation on that. The one thing I want to change is this. The Saturday payoff pack draft, the big 12-player event, the top three are the same three competitors, but different order than what I gave earlier. The top three were, per the hosts of ArmorCon, in third place, playing as the Freak, Ace Januario. In second place, playing as Eddie Fury, Bam Bam Sam. And the winner, playing as Gabby Ortiz, the Dread Pirate Tech Support, Simon Strauss. So congratulations to Simon Strauss for winning the Saturday event. Also, the Cage Apocalypse event from Sunday. I have a few more details on that. Not only did everyone play as the new version of Brian Cage, but everyone was actually playing as the Steel Cage deck 
that the Brian Cage competitor, the new one, originally came in. So everyone was playing a Steel Cage deck with Brian Cage in all Steel Cage matches. And the winner would be the true Brian Cage. The winner was who I gave you earlier, the Screaming Dance. All of those results were correct, but just a few more details about Cage Apocalypse. With that being said, that is going to do it for this pretty long show. It's been quite a long show compared to usual, but there was a lot to cover here. Thank you for enduring with this long show. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening, and a good day.